want to get service, selection, and price so low. The record archive is the place to go. Happy Precedence Day. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a low-key but kind of busy week. Mm. Um, we got to do an awesome interview again last week yep. with Christ, who is our special guest on the show this week. Yes. Um, we went to Metal Meltdown, mm-hmm. our favorite happy hour, mm-hmm. and we got to see all of our friends. It was a delight. Hallucination Realized mm-hmm. played. Very cool. Um, it is incredible the amount of people that show up mm-hmm. for Metal Meltdown now. Yeah. It's like, even when we started going, there were like, I don't know, like 10 or 15 people or maybe more, maybe less, like depending yeah. on the weather or whatever uh, was happening. Right. But it's packed in there now. Yeah. Definitely growing. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I always think like, I want this to be every day, you know. I want to. I want this to happen every day. But like, the part of it being once a month is what makes it so, so special. So special. Yeah. yeah, I think about that too. Yeah. Like they've definitely hit a sweet spot yeah. with yeah. the once a month thing. Yeah, and I definitely shouldn't be drinking every day. So <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing. no, no, no. <laughs> Um, but I was a social butterfly that night mm-hmm. and I talked to a lot of people about upcoming shows. Mm-hmm. So lots of really fucking cool plans in mm-hmm. the making. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited. We are. Uh, we're excited for every week on the show, but yeah. when we get to talk to other people and learn about people and connect with people, that makes it even more special. Yeah. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I, I really, uh, doing the show, I really enjoy that. No matter what, who we talk to, no matter if it's a fan or someone, no matter what area of life they come from, uh-huh. what they are, if they're in a famous band, if they're not, or if they're just a fan, like everyone has a story. Yes. Everyone. An amazing story. Mm-hmm. And one that we have always found a connection to one way or another. Right. right? Mm-hmm. I mean... We all go through happy times and tragedies, mm-hmm. and it really is all about connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really been amazing. Yeah, definitely. I enjoy it. Me too. So, without further ado, yes. um, I think we should play a Christ song. Yes. And then go into our interview with Kevin, Mike, and Travis. All right. What, what Christ song are we going to hear? Uh, we are going to hear Revulsive Veil off of their second demo.
we got some folks from Christ chatting with us today. We have uh, Kevin, Mike, and Travis. And Hi. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey. What's up? Thank, thank you very much for coming to chat with us. Thank you. We're big fans of Christ. Oh, shucks. Uh, we are. The band, not, you know. Right, right. That um, it is Sunday. Oh, <laughs> uh, oops. Sorry. I thought this was a different podcast. Oh. <laughs> I gotta go. You have to go back to that gated gotta, community. Yeah, I gotta go back to the Back the to Greece. The, the other Christ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The other shady run. Yeah, so I'll see you guys later. <laughs> uh... Um, so I would like to kick off the show okay. by saying Nunslaughter. Mm-hmm. This will be the third podcast in a row that mm-hmm. I have talked about Christ's favorite set at Nunslaughter. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You guys great. fucking killed it. <laughs> Thank you. Do you guys feel it. like you killed it that night? Honestly, when we play, I kind of just get, it goes by so quick. I'm just, I don't know. I I feel like you kind of get an idea when you're on stage. It sounds it sounded much better than the last time we played there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think we had a lot of positive response. You guys killed it. Nailed it. Nunslaughter said the same thing. Nunslaughter afterwards was like, play out of town. And I was like, well, um, not yet, sir. And they're like, well, you should. Well, I don't know if we're, you're ready. It was like a movie. And I was like, and I looked at the other guys. I was like, guys, right in front of Nunslaughter. Nunslaughter said we're out of town ready. And they were like, trying to force their way out of the room. So, uh, yeah, you guys killed it. Marketing yeah. plan is working backwards, right? Right. You start yeah. at the top and yeah, you 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 start where you uh, want to be, and mm-hmm. then you just you know keep going, you keep going down. Right. Right on. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> How do you feel about the last show? I got a lot to say, um, about, but I'll let you go. No, I felt good about it. It's yeah. uh, it uh, if for me being in the back, I just I usually don't see much of what's going on. Anyways. Right. So I did get a good picture of you though. Oh, no. with Travis. That <laughs> is just about impossible. I got I'm a sure bruised gotta... liver from it, yeah, but that's okay. Impossible to get a picture without me in it. Yeah. Well, of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. at home, even when we're not. Home. <laughs> <laughs> How are you at my Christmas dinner? Like, <laughs> it's one um, of those uh, drummer pictures where it looks like I'm stroking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mid facial expression. Um. It's funny because the compulsive extrovert in me, just by nature, um, any chance I have to give me an excuse to act a fool, uh, I'll take. So every show to me is like, yeah, that was great. It was so exciting. Oh, I had so much fun. Like, even if I don't think we played well, the fact that we're even playing is, is like, enough. Is enough. Yeah. It's like exciting and fun. So the fact that, um, I mean, a lot of the guys in the band have to keep, have to rein me in. Because first, like before, no. he means always. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see that at all. By that, I mean, I'm always like, because because for me, it's like, um, for me, it doesn't matter about quality. doesn't ma- matter about, um, uh, what is it? It doesn't matter about the right way of doing things. It doesn't ma- matter about strategy. As long as something's being done. It's the experience. Yes, it's the experience. And as long as something's being done, I'm happy. As long as there's effort being put forth, because, um, I've just grew up with a lot of people who chase dreams more than accomplishing them because the chase felt more real than actually attaining it. Yeah. Because once you attain something, then you're held accountable and responsible for it. And that's very scary for people. So they like to perseverate within these um, hypotheticals and rhetorics. So the fact that like, even if it's crap, even if we have a tape that's crap, I'm like, well, we did it. Let's put it out. Show your progression as a band. But it's good for them to be a bit more discerning and to be a bit more responsible and to be a bit more 
actually, let's really try to take our time and develop this into something that's yeah. It's but it's hard for me because I'm I always want to be like go go go. Well, that's a good balance though, because <clears throat> you guys are like, wait, let's take this slow, let's get this right. And I'm and a you, motivator, yes. so mm-hmm. we do compliment each other. I think <clears throat> better than we think we do in the moment. In the moment, I think a lot of us get in our heads and we get frustrated. And yeah, I think a lot of the of time, course. you know, we perseverate and circulate because while we've all been through it before, we're also going through it again for the first time. You know, it's a slight variation of yep. like, this is probably the best band I've ever been in. And I feel it and I know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, with that comes a sense of like sort of accountability. And with that kind of comes a sort of sense of fear, you know? It's well, like, yeah, because now it means something to you. Yeah, and it means something, because it no longer means something to me. It means something to other people. Yes. That's where it is. That's where the re- you need to, like, find the, uh, how do I put this? The, the dichotomy of pleasing yourself, but also being conscientious of your audience. Yep. Um, and I think that's what's scary, is that there's that, whole thing where it's like, I have no pretensions about what I'm doing. I'm just going to play out there. I don't care if people like it. Um, and if they do cool now, it's like, we did that now. It's like, Oh, okay. People actually like it. Shit. You know, like what do we like do now? What? Yeah. Now what? And that's for me very exciting. Cause that's something I've always, that's a challenge I've always wanted. And that's something I've always strived for. So, well, yeah. I mean, when we first got together, when did you first get together and how? So it was a few years ago. Mark and I were trying to do something pretty different, and it, him and I were writing a bunch of songs that were more like new wave of British heavy metal and like mm. power metal. Yeah. And then we had a good solid three, four songs written instrumentally, and then we got Mike. You were in between. Yeah, you know, at that time you were still kind of in Orgerlin. Yeah. Yeah, and we're still in Orgerlin at the time. still in and then we were like, Mike, you had to come drum for us because we were just jamming with other people. And he stuck on, and then we could never find a singer that we felt would fit what we were doing. And it's hard in Rochester to find, like, a legit, like, a singer who high, can wail vocals type thing. So, Power metal vocals, yeah. Um, we decided to switch it up, and Trav came in, and we started writing more of what we're doing today, and... He hopped on. He's never done. You've never done vocals, right? No. So this is his first time. Really? Really? Yeah. True story. So, when did you realize that you were a vocalist? Well, I didn't realize that. Well, we kind when of we told him. We forced him. <laughs> <to do it. laughs> That's what he's trying to do to me. He's like, you're a vocalist and we're starting a band. Well, Figure it out. Well, well what kind of happened was, so, so to, like, to, to fill it in a little bit of what uh, Kevin was saying, they asked me to play guitar for the first, I guess, uh, conception of what they were trying to do and it was like you know this early queens or like crimson glory type of thing and i remember like third or fourth or maybe even fifth rehearsal and i was contributing ideas and i was learning the songs um i didn't realize that at the time they had been playing those songs for years and for about a year and i was i was actually a, i'm a guitar player but i was playing guitar and mark was doing bass and i was playing guitar we asked trav to do guitar, guitar. So trav and i were guitar yeah, and then we were playing, and then um, at one point, <clears throat> Mark was just fr- fed up and frustrated that we brought somebody else new into the band after bringing in so many, after cycling through so many people without playing a show, playing the same I get it. three or four songs, Yeah, that Mark was like, this is, my heart's not in this anymore, this isn't what I want to do, why are we always at stage one? And then uh, Mark was like, I need to 
take a step back and calibrate, recalibrate some things. And then something kind of devastating and personal happened in my life. And then we eventually came back together and then uh, we all just agreed. Let's make let's be the let's make the type of music that we want to make, not the type of music that we think we should. And that's kind of how Christ is born. Now, when I became a vocalist, though, they were like, who are going to find a singer, singer? And just me being an asshole, I was just like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, why not? They also like having four people in the van versus five. I four, get that. Because like, right. yeah. we all have this, we all know each other. We're all, yeah. we all know how to, you know, we can all relate to each other. Nothing against bringing new people in. It's just a little harder to adjust right. when you bring somebody that you may not have known as well or you get to see a side of them that you're not comfortable seeing. There's an element of like sort of intimacy and creative and a creative relationship when you bring somebody new. Yeah. That, kind, that might actually stray a little further from what we already know each other as friends. Yep. So, um, so they were like, yeah, we kind of like having you around. <laughs> I guess you can uh, try. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we know how to put up with you what now. What are our other choices? <laughs> yeah. We know how to put up with you now. So, um, so it's, it's helpful because, um, I'm faking it till I make it. And apparently I'm faking it really well. I think all of us do that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't think we, um, I don't think we had a real clear idea of, I mean, there wasn't, we weren't picking a genre. Did and, that help you though? Become like who you are? Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, all of us have a background and, and a love for thrash, death, heavy metal, and everything. And it it just kind of came out with the riffs. You know, we'd hear yeah, we'd like, hear riffs. You know, yeah. when whoever would br- bring a riff in, we'd be like, oh yeah, you know, let's do that. So we were incorporating a lot of different styles, I guess. Not to say that it's progressive in well, any I mean, means. Well, I mean, metal is in our but, DNA. Yeah. It's like what we've grown up with. It's connected with us, <laughs> like psychologically. Like we've learned from heavy metal we've learned our lives through heavy metal so i feel like it's like sort of a natural creative progression in our heavy metal lives <laughs> to make the, for this band to come together because we also all have <clears throat> we also complement each other creatively in a way that i think we have been close but maybe not have succeeded as well mm-hmm. in previous bands yep you know like um i used to play i used to get i was stuck for years into like the same like Iron Maiden-y, Halloween-y, like, mm-hmm. type of chord progression. You said weenie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what their fans are called. Halloweenies. Um, and Mark will spark some sort of creative creativity in my mind. I'll be like, oh, then what if we complimented this riff? And it's cool because I, I, I don't feel, I mean, I don't know if anyone can argue, but I don't feel like we're the type of, not to name names, uh, specifically any of the new generic sort of throwback thrash or death metal bands where every riff is interchangeable. Like you can just change the order of the riff and it'll still be the same song. Yeah. I like to think that the that we ha- are a bit more discerning and critical of ourselves and what we want to hear and what our expectations of to create songs that are that do have a fluidity and a pathology to them in their own right. Yeah. I think, I mean, I just recently started remembering the names of our songs and which ones they are, <laughs> but I, you just got to be like, it's the one with this riff. And I'm like, oh yeah, right. That's all. That's all I got to know. Well, we all learn differently too. Like, yeah. you know, like you're like, I'm just like, oh yeah, it's this song, this song, this song. And I'll be naming them by name. And you're like, oh, that's song two, four and five from yeah. when we first started playing. And I'm like, yeah. Ah, sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well. 
Yeah, I know. I think the the variety. I mean, coming, you know, from my experiences with music and the different bands I've played in, um, you know, the ones where you're not really um, trying to fall into a certain genre or a yeah. certain feel have been the most rewarding. <clears throat> and um, you know, it's I think <clears throat> with when I played in Bozzaro, the the thing about that it was that it was all over the place. And for me, it's not having an attention span or something. I don't know. But right. <laughs> you mean like all over the place in terms of like musical direction or yeah, in terms yeah. of like like just in in the song structures too. So it didn't you know? feel like a <clears throat> didn't feel like there's stability or security. Yeah, I didn't feel like not like doesn't feel like when mm -hmm. we come into practice. Like, I think it maybe it's just this, a, <clears throat> this feels it, like Christ. Over and it comes like, and it comes apart or it comes together organically. Also, mm -hmm. I know you know there's a lot of um, a lot of bands and uh, a lot of musicians that tend to write just themselves. You know, yeah, they're, yeah. they're right really formulated. Yeah. and 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 there's really great music that comes out of those situations, but <clears> just. Um, where I've been, you know, I've been asked to play, you know, play in projects. They're like, oh, we've got everything written. And I'm like, that doesn't do anything yeah. for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? yep. then, like and you're not part of the creative process. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I enjoy playing and, and I in, enjoy writing and um, being able to contribute in, in some way is, is, is just uh, satisfying for me. Yeah. Same here. Like I'm a very, as if you can already tell, I'm a very restless person, <laughs> very restless mentally. So I want to be fulfilled. I want to be stimulated. And I want to be challenged. And uh, this brings a lot of fulfillment <clears throat> and stimulation and a healthy challenge and a safe challenge. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so what I'm hearing is you guys write collaboratively then. It's yeah. not like one person is writing and everyone else follows suit. Yeah. S some of us like Mark might have the structure of a song or might have the majority of a song. And then one of us will be like, "Let's oh, add this," or and then and then we yeah. then we either like, "How does that feel?" Okay, I see what you're trying to do. Let's see if we can convey the same feeling but differently. And then yeah, like, and when it's a, I don't know. It's the only band I've ever been in where somebody's like, "I want something that uh, <laughs> smells like." <laughs> leprosy death era and i was like okay what about this and then they're like you nailed it and i was like but wait is it well, too and they're like is it too much like and they're like and they're like no no song has that riff it just conveys the same feeling and i'm like all right and then so it's bringing out things in me where i can just like out of my ass pull out a riff and it somehow fits or works and i've never yeah. been in a creative process where it can yield that well yeah and as and if people like it then i like it so, yeah. yeah i feel like we all we all kind of write the same way too. We all have the same process and we all have the same mentality. We're like, you don't come into practice and somebody's like, oh, I wrote this song and then somebody like, wants to change. You're like, no, that's the way I wrote it. We're not, it doesn't go that way. Like everybody's open to change, open to, you know, and we all kind of like the way that we write, we, we do all the riffs, organize those. Mike can do drums right on, like you can figure out whatever we're doing super easy. And then, you know, the lyrics always come last. It's like we, we get we get all these riffs and then we kind of try to organize them, do the drum parts and then the structures and then the lyrics come last. And that's I feel like we all kind of write that way anyway. And we're all cool with. Yeah, I think it, it's it just works. having everybody comfortable with the riffs, the the changes and just yeah, not, like to pack not only how it 
it, it's it's not just how it sounds; it's how it feels for everybody yeah. playing exactly. it. Because yeah, if important. you can get be if everybody is behind it, then it's going to just make it a better song yeah. and a better performance. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times where, I mean, we all throw out ideas, and Mark may be like, "Oh, oh, Mark oh, might have an expectation, yeah. and what <clears throat> we have might subvert that expectation." But then eventually. Like we find a way to congeal it, and it's not necessarily compromise. It's more like we like, all just have s- very similar musical backgrounds, which and we're like, and, and we're all like, let's just just try it, just try. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. And that and you that's know? what helps too. Is been, trying it also really helps. That that one song that was funny, well, our newest newest song, we couldn't get the timing forever, and then after like I would feel like two months of playing the song. Of just being like, what the hell are we doing? Somehow something just clicked. And from that point on, it was like, oh, all right, now I hear it. Yeah. And it wasn't that it was like, it wasn't that it was right because it was easy. It was right because it felt yep. right. It's not, I mean, I guess I'm trying to objectively convey a subjective experience. Because there are a lot of people out there who may have the skill, but none of the imagination. You know, like you get a lot of <clears throat> technical musician players. And... They have the technical prowess, the physicality of it, but do you hear their imagination? Do you hear the feeling in what they play? Do you hear, like, yeah, I get that you could play two guitars at the same time with both your fingers, but what kind of songs do you Michael write? And what, do they mean to you? <laughs> and what do they mean? And what do they mean to you? Like, okay, you've locked into a formula, and that formula is fun, but how how much is that a reflection of who you actually are? Yeah. Yeah, and I think in, in as far as where the where the music scene and industry is is um, I I think bands are still they're still locked into the album cycle type of mentality yeah. uh, mentality, and um, a lot of times there isn't there isn't time for bands don't take the time to develop because they think they want to just throw out the best possible product that they can. And um, instead of saying, hey, you know what, we're just, let's just throw out a couple songs. Let's write some good songs. If you don't have the time to, <laughs> you got to work at the speed of the band. Yeah. And a lot of times I think bands are working faster than they're capable of mm-hmm. because the songs. They just want to produce, produce. They just want to produce because yeah. they want to play. And I get, I get it, man. It's a drug. It's a yeah. drug. It's playing as a drug. And they feel like, oh, it's like if we're going to be able to get any traction and get noticed, we got to put an album out. We got to do this. We got to do that. And it's like, well, that's not necessarily going to make the best music. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you know, where I am in, in, in my life and, and where I think I am and in this band is just taking the time, not saying, oh, you know, we need to do an album. I'm not even, I just don't, I don't, really don't care about doing an album right, right now. You know, we, we practice, we are limited in the time that we had to practice yep. so that we focus on that time is just What's writing the song. Writing right. the songs. I think and, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and then with our performance, we take time working on our performance and we just, I think a lot of people try they, to be realistic about it. Yeah, exactly. And that's important is being realistic. I think a lot of people, they try to <laughs> bear with me. This is an example. And I hope it makes sense. To hear, me yeah. hear me <laughs> out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out, guys. Hear me out. Wait, how did you know that? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, it's like as if you just oh. anticipated all this time before I got here. Um, I was 
I was talking to somebody um, recently, and they were like, Travis, uh, I know that you're a Kiss fan for some reason. It's never gelled with me. And I was like, <laughs> wait. And I was like, well, do you like the New York Dolls? They're like, I love the New York Dolls. And I was like, I think the problem with Kiss is that Kiss are guys who are basically music nerds who try to hone the science of New York Dolls. And that's their greatest flaw, is that they're people who, instead of it being organic or it naturally coming to them, that sort of lifestyle that uh, where the New York Dolls just kind of fell into place. I think those are people that are trying to make the New York Dolls happen for them. And I think that's the flaw, is that there's this, it's not organic, and that they're trying to hone the science of something else. There's this mentality where a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'm living vicariously through the narratives of other people's success who I admire. Um, let me try to fatalistically emulate that as my mission, my goal, my um, my purpose. And I think that's the, that's the problem with some of the bands that Mike was saying is that they're always trying to chase the idea of something, but never really accepting the reality of it. And I think when we got into this band, we had already experienced so much at being trying to be that guy at Formed of Ears that we've kind of like, like we've overcome that sense of self and yeah. realize I don't have any pretensions. And that's what gives Christ a sort of honesty and a sort of like, well, and you guys have nothing Energy. to prove. Like, you guys you are just it. being you. You nailed it. Yeah. yeah. Word. Yeah. You got Word. It. Are you guys interested in a label or just... I was going to... That was my next question. Um, what I would be interested in is um, being endorsed so we don't have to scrap all the pennies we can mm -hmm. for rent money mm -hmm. to uh, fix our equipment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that would be just helpful. Mm -hmm. I hope um, you're listening, PV. You know, like, I'm not saying that I want the... <laughs> 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 I'm not saying that, like... I am looking for a big deal. I'm just saying like, oh, it would be really cool if <laughs> somebody could help me out mm -hmm. instead of the guys being like, hey, Trav, I don't know what money's like, but check out these Craigslist ads. Maybe you can jump on this. I'm like, oh, crap. I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford that. You know? <laughs> so like, uh, that's where my biggest concern is, is making sure I have reliable equipment mm -hmm. so I can entertain. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even... Um in most cases, and at least in the recent past of the bands that I've been in and the offers that have come to the table, it still doesn't cover all the costs of, you know, yeah. upfront money for recording. Yeah. Um, and it's, and there's a trade-off there and a, you want to put out the best possible product. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you're spending all the time and energies to do an album, you know, just want it done right. You want it done right. It doesn't um, have to be perfect. It's, it has to be right. 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 Whatever you're it's like, it, yeah. It has to be right. It doesn't have to be, mm -hmm. you know, uh, meticulous. Yeah. Um, it just has to be. I guess it's important to us that we, I mean, we want it to sound the way we want it to. And then if people like it, cool. If they don't, that's okay. I too. love it. Mm -hmm. But like, it has to be, it's important to us that it sounds the way we want it to sound. Yep. Not, mm -hmm. And if not people so happen to like it based on our standards, then that's very cool. That's exciting. Yeah. You know, yeah and it would, it would take, it, it would take some time for us to, to just because we're limited with our lives outside the band, yeah. uh, with the time to be able to write an album, you know, that we were happy with the music. So, mm. um, you know, I, we see recording as a necessary evil at this point, <laughs> you know, as far as getting recorded things out. I, um, 
so yeah, doing the EPs and doing the cassettes and and doing a couple a couple songs at a time really works well f- for us. And um, trying, I think at this point, trying to expand, uh, trying to play some shows outside of Rochester would would be a good thing for us. That's, my dream. Um, That's what I wanted you know? before. For um, <laughs> I was like, so oh, yeah, I mean, we, we we obviously understand people. It's hard because I, I don't like listening to my own music and I really don't care about it, <laughs> you know? So it's hard to, it's like, oh yeah, well, people are going to want to hear us. And it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right, we'll go record something, you know? Right, right. It's like, I'd, I'd be happy with just playing live <laughs> yeah. uh, versus recording. Are, are all um, you guys like that? Live is... Uh, I'm 50-50, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I've been in a lot of... This is the... As far as what I've, I've been playing... Guitar since I was like, you know, thirteen. Mm-hmm. But I've been in a lot of bands that never really did anything other than playing in the attic or the basement. No. Mm-hmm. And this is the furthest I've gone with a group of people in a band. So for me, it's kind of like I'm cool with whatever, because mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm. It's not like I'm sick of one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really cool when you put something out, and especially Mark does the artwork for the the covers usually and like it's all collectively where like we it's like when we get that physical product you look at it it's like yeah. this is all us yeah, you yeah. know so that's cool but playing live and getting that interaction from other people and seeing people go crazy out there and when we're playing is a totally awesome feeling on the other end of it too so i'm like totally cool with either yeah. one so you're 50 yeah. 50 yeah mike travis are live as your For, preference as a preference yeah um I don't know. It's interesting because, like, of course, when I'm live, if a spotlight's if a spotlight's on me, I'm like, all right, here's the show. Captures. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I come from London town. I'm just an ordinary guy. <laughs> no, um, but uh, when it comes to recording, though, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it's interesting because the process of it is grueling, but I think it's worth it. Uh, this is one of the few times where I've actually done anything creatively with other people where I felt that whatever thing, whatever discouragements that there may seem like there are, um, I'm like, okay, this is okay. This conflict is healthy. Even if it seems shitty in the moment, I'm okay. I'm really willing to look past this because I think it's worth it. Most things that I've done creatively with different kinds of personalities and I can feel like halfway through, I'm like, this sucks. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be here. I'd rather quit then lie to myself and pretend to be happy. This is different. I've never had a challenge like this before where, you know, I've been like, no, this sucks for right now, mm-hmm. but this won't, but this won't, doesn't necessarily mean it will, it will be bad. Right. And so recording is cool because I hope that with these experiences and these challenges and I, and I see value in them. Um, all I hope is that no matter what happens that I, learn, grow, and change from it within good conscience that I just become a better, if not a, or retain some sort of good in me as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with, I think what it is is that the recording for me is a positive challenge that I'm actually excited for because yeah. I haven't ex- felt that way mm-hmm. about anything in my life. Um, and I think the playing live is exciting because that's my default. And I don't always get working jobs or trying to fulfill the expectations or the obligations of others. Um, I don't really have that outlet to allow myself to be all of me in the ways that I can at shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my dream, honestly, would to hit the road 
meet new and interesting people, check out different city <clears throat> like dynamics and share mm -hmm. and exchange. I'm all about, I'm obsessed with this idea of sharing. Um, and uh, yeah, you can do that either way too, you know? Yeah. Physical or live. I mean, that's, exactly. they both fall in the same category. So like, uh, so the fact that I'm sharing something with people that, um, that enjoy it mm -hmm. creatively and uh, responsibly, um, is awesome. <laughs> cool. So I guess I'm 50-50 as well. So I, I have a side side question to your sharing comment. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on intellectual property? Intellectual property, that's... <laughs> so hear me out. So just to make sure... <laughs> I'm going to get another beer. <laughs> so hear me out because um, just to make sure that I understand specifically, intellectual property is where an artist... Uh, is that where he shares or sells something for profit and then retains the rights of it? Yeah. Is that, well, is that what I you mean? I think it's ownership of an idea, basically, right? Ownership of an idea? Um, depends. This is going to sound... This might just come from a lack of experience because mm -hmm. I've never worked in any real professional industry. Because mm -hmm. I know that there's the politics of, like, of music and film industry, of entertainment yeah. uh, industries, and the ways that they appropriate or the ways in which they see intellectual properties and the creative forces behind such. Mm -hmm. Um, it's hard to say because some of my favorite intellectual properties are either like sold out, sold off, or have been refined due to some sort of like limitation mm -hmm. or challenge, mm -hmm. whether that be economic or corporate or um, circumstantially. Mm -hmm. So I guess um, when it comes, and again, this could be like maybe five years from now, depending on how things go, I might have a different answer mm -hmm. about this. But intellectual property, I think it really depends on the property itself, the people who are behind it, and the people who respond to mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So, what are your thoughts on it? I'm actually part? Googling that answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, uh, how did Google tell you to feel about that, Kev? Uh, D, all of the above. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like um, somebody, uh, you know, somebody has this beautiful story. Let's say it's a, yeah. let's say it's a written work. Let's say yeah. it's a film. Let's say it's a, um, a song. Mm -hmm. And that the only way that it can ever be exposed, because this person, let's say, has been busting their ass yeah. to show and share this that is representative of who they are, mm -hmm. um, is if they sell it out. Right. And that's uh, a hard double-edged sword. It really depends on the integrity of the person yeah. and if and what they're trying to prove. Right. I feel like if they weren't trying to prove anything, it's weird. It's like you're not trying to prove something with your work, but you're trying to prove in how you share that work and how you choose to expose it. Because once you release something out to somebody else's consciousness, it's no longer yours. Mm -hmm. So with Christ, I'm always like, with my obsession with sharing, I never, audiences are fragmented and they're gonna think and learn in their own capacities. So it, I don't think it's up to me to try and change somebody's mind. Mm -hmm. It's I think it's up to me to, in hopes, plant a seed in someone's imagination and to provoke thought. Mm -hmm. That is assuming if that's what they wanna get from yeah. said entertainment. A lot of metal could be taken at face value. And a lot of metal, like most, I feel like entertainment, uh, any sort of brand of entertainment or any sort of a subgenre of entertainment could be, you know, you have the, you know, for example, <laughs> you have, there's a difference between World War Z and George Romero's Dead Trilogy mm -hmm. or Quadrilogy or Dead Series. You know, there's a difference between someone trying to homogenize it and market it to a wide audience than somebody who's making it for themselves, but understanding that other people are going to see it and then it finding its, uh, its, um, its audience. So, um, 
Thank you for listening. I'm sorry no. if I didn't really answer your question. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for responding. <laughs> but um, intellectual property, though, I think is important, but I don't know if there are any real rules yeah. when it comes to um, artists, let's say, like representation or compensation. I think it's really up to people if they really are into something. People can like things for any reason they want. What I hope to do in Christ is I hope to entertain and allow them to interpret it for themselves. Um, because, uh, again, audience is a fragmented. And even the name Christ is, like, provoking in itself. Like, it's misspelled. It looks cool. But it has religious connotations. Yeah, we were, uh, we were actually joking that we're going to go on a church tour. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'll dress it up as, like, a package. And then... Everybody thinks that we're gonna like a church band, and then right. when we show, we're, we're gonna be there. like, we're gonna be in white suits when we sell it, and then when we get there, we're gonna be like us, we're gonna be like spitting blood, and we're gonna have crosses gonna like invert as we're playing. It was like motorized, right? Yeah. We had that yeah. idea. Yeah, there was that idea that crossed with the. Uh, I'm the still cross gonna figure like, it out when you so show up. You're it gonna out. figure it out. We oh, couldn't yeah. figure out the mechanics of this though, because we were actually gonna try to incorporate this. Yes, yeah, so yeah. our logo in lights, and then the T is regular, but as we start playing, it slowly goes up. I, uh, I feel like this guy over here can help cool. you with that. All right, cool. I, I guess that's the. I guess that's a really great point. Is that I don't want to be too far of either cliche. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to say that. I don't want to just soullessly or superficially say religion or Christianity is bad. But I also don't want to say like that it's good. Um, that de <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you're right. You're right. No, you're absolutely right. But I also don't want to say that it's good either. That's the point. I'm not saying that I'm trying to be a moderate and that I'm trying to be neutral. But I also want to be like. Here's my worldview. How can I do it in a way that is stimulating and interesting mm -hmm. to others? Because I feel like if you're one or the other, I think I don't want to be too much of a cliche, mm -hmm. but I also still want to be able to to provoke fun. Mm -hmm. Well, I think yeah. at the end of the show, the next obvious move would be as the cross is upside down uh, during the last song that it's sideways. Right. And then, like, we have like, that yeah, technology, yeah, man. Yeah, but throwing the horns and everything. Like, and then, what? People are going to be like, um, is that broken? <laughs> um, is there going to be a stagehand that's going to fix it? And then at the end, everyone's going to be like, <laughs> it was funny how that coincidentally went upside yeah. down. And then we're going to be like, then there's going to be a band practice. We're going to be like, okay, guys, what we're trying to say isn't translating well to our audience. So, uh, anyways, yeah. I'm just going to be like, well, I would figure right. it'd be like, we're eviler. You know, we want beyond turning People the cross were, upside down that we just the, kept going with it. I, think I just want the songs to speak for themselves. No, no, come on. We need it. <laughs> I mean, come yeah. on. Hey, we need a gimmick now. So, <laughs> when we <laughs> uh, gimmicks way at the very beginning, I feel like you like, have a gimmick. And <laughs> yeah. And everybody was like, nope. Just yeah, kidding, Trav. No, you're fine. I, I, know, I know what I am. <laughs> so, then you're like a bottle open, a uh, flask. No, um, uh, no, I, I like again, and that's the point I'm trying to make is that I still want to be fun. Like, I still want us to have music that if yeah. you're not looking for something on the <clears throat> surface level, you're like, this is cool. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking for something more, you can contemplate and maybe see that there might be something mm -hmm. there. That's if you what, listen. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. And again, it's all subjective. So that's the thing is that I'm all about sharing. I hate it when things are one or the other. I want it to be where you can find it if you're looking for it. But you it's make so cool. the decision. Exactly. Yes, and I to speak it. to that too is when we play the first couple of shows, people kept asking us if we were Christ or Christ. I'm like, what? Whatever you want, man. People were getting mad. People were getting mad, and I'm like, I don't people care. People were getting mad because they were like, be. which is it? And I was like, because I can't agree nor disagree with you. Yeah, unless we, we didn't know. Unless like, somebody, 
unless somebody like um, uses our music as the crutch to commit some sort of like heinous crime or if somebody misinterprets it in a way that isn't reflective of our values or is our personalities, then that's where I feel like one could step in and be like, clearly, I'm this wasn't my intention. I'm sorry that this person latched onto this, but if it wasn't us, it would probably would have been something else they would have right. found to give them that crutch. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I'm, I'm a big movie guy, so I'm always like, sorry, real quick. <laughs> so d- this is going to be a general, like a basic, an easy example. Wait, take this guy's mic. Hold on, wait, wait. No, 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 quick. It's going to be hear an me easy out. example. Hear me out. But it's like, like I made mention earlier, it's like George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. If you're looking for a commentary on, so on, uh, consumerism, it's there. But if not, it's still a cool action movie. So, well said. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm glad we didn't take your mic. That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny you brought up like the Christ and Chris thing because recently somebody said Chris and we were like, hee hee, they said Chris. Somebody else (laughs) calls a priest. (laughs) Somebody also called a Chris one show a few weeks ago. I kind of like that. And they're like, yeah, a bunch of kids are really excited to see Chris. I just want to let you know. And I was like, and at first the part, it took a minute to translate. I was like, I didn't know they were on the bill. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, you're telling me because that's my band. I was like, Cool. <laughs> and people are like, and it's cool when people ask me, they're like, uh, yeah, you're in Christ. And I'm always like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, it's whatever you want to call it. That's cool. <laughs> but I love it all. We wanted to have a contest where people write what they think the pronunciation is. Um, but they spell it the same way each time. So we don't know how they're hearing it in their head. So on Facebook, they'll just comment. We'll get 500 Christ's all spelled the same way. And we're going to be like, soul, it's pronounced this way. And it's like, um, I can't tell. So when did you guys individually start playing your instruments? I know, you, Kevin, you said you started with guitar. Yeah, I, I started playing music when I was probably around 10 or 11 or just like self-taught mm. piano for like music theory purposes cool. and then guitar, I picked up a guitar when I was 13 and that was it. I mean I only I never played bass until I was in Christ or Christ Christ but I mean I just kind of translated into a similar way I mean you know I, you I play with a pick some people People don't like that, but that's whatever. all right. There's yeah. a lot of room for it's all about you. playing. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, guitar player since I was 13, and you know, played with a bunch of people over the years. Nothing ever really did anything, but um, yeah, that's about it. Took some music classes in school, a bunch, and that's awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. Why you're so good? Hey, thanks. <laughs> so, what inspired you to like pick up a guitar? Um. I mean, I, I really started caring more about music. I mean, I've always been kind of attached to music when I was younger, but didn't have any definite, like, oh, just pick whatever. Classical, something cool on the radio. When you're young, you just don't care. You're just like, hey, it's cool. Yeah. I, I like a cool melody or whatever. And then mm-hmm. when you get older, I found about found out about, you know, some, like, I mean, when I was 13, it was, like, very, very, very early 2000s. So, like, a lot of that new metal was popular. And then you would hear stuff on the radio that's, like, not what I'm into now, but you'd like, what's that? Like, I hear like this dis- distorted guitar. Like, that's pretty cool. And then you just kind of go down the rabbit hole. You know, you just find out about all these different bands and, you know, 
you're like, oh wow, Slayer's way cooler than Corn. Do you, you know? think? <laughs> do you think that? Um, I, the I'm metal, that on the radio. Do you think that the metal that but, uh, you ended up falling in love with found you more than you found it? Uh, mm, I don't know. Do you think good question, Slayer Travis. I know. I feel like we need Travis on as a co-host. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dig yeah. deeper. <laughs> that's that's. I mean, yeah. You just go down the rabbit hole and you just find out more things. And I bought my first guitar when I was thirteen at this little music shop where I grew up, and <clears throat> took guitar lessons. And wait, where'd you grow up? Uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. I know that. Yep. Oh wow, so we're finding. Oh, out. we're all, all learning of stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. I love everybody. Everybody scoff at me talked. now. <laughs> Outside of uh, that, makes practice. sense too. Yeah, <laughs> no, cool. Thanks. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just remember like printing out Iron Maiden tabs and wanting to play every Maiden song, and my guitar player was like more into teaching theory a bit more, and <clears throat> he was also like kind of like more of a jazz guitarist. So like. When I would bring in the tabs to him, he'd be like, "Okay, well, I, I got to figure this out too, I guess." Like, oh, that's yeah. cool. So you but were yeah. teaching him too? Well, he was learning it quick on the spot, so he could teach me. Like, I just want to show like Dave Murray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It was it was a lot of fun growing up, and I mean, I met a lot of met a lot of new friends. Like an new LD new friends. I met a lot of. I met a lot okay. of metal. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I just, I, it was a compliment. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got. Oh, yeah. Can you like credit one band for being like your gateway into metal? Mm. Like, did you did you have like a profound moment at one point that you were like, I need to dig deeper into this? It was probably Iron Maiden, honestly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can relate. But it's hard to give them all the credit when there's so much stuff that I love that isn't even close to what they do. Like, you know, like death and thrash and all that stuff like i was like obituary when i if I, I heard obituary when i was in eighth grade and i was like holy shit yeah. <laughs> you know and i also had a lot of friends that were like big on they were a little more up to date on stuff than i would they would like i they would go to skate parks every day and i was never good at skating so i never <laughs> got to go i would just hang out with them afterwards you know after school and they you know trade tapes with people and have all these other bands and listen to all this crazy stuff and I would find out through them and yeah. I was like 7th and 8th grade and like learning about that stuff which was awesome because I feel like a lot of people didn't find out about stuff till like way later yeah. in high school yeah and these these guys were really up on it and I got to find out through them and had a lot of influences with lots of cool metal stuff so um, I, was like, I was fortunate to grow up with the people that I did and I'm still close friends with a lot of them and you know, have multiple friend groups and everybody can just hang out and have a good time, listen Great. to tunes. The Preach. power of music. Yep. yep. What's your favorite uh, Iron Maiden record? Don't, I can't do that. No? <laughs> oh yeah, we're uh, supposed to ask you about your Iron uh, Maiden yeah. collection and your Rush collection. Oh, D, Jesus all of the above. That's D, all of the above. <laughs> uh, it's extensive and I'm large. Large. Uh, yeah, I, that's a whole other. Episode. I look at I look at your. Yeah, it is. That's that would be an awesome. I would love to hear that episode of you just talking exclusively <laughs> yeah. about your Rush, Russian Maiden are my two favorites. Like they're my big, <clears throat> big, uh, you know, inspiration mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So anything 
anything I can get by them, like record-wise, anything they put out, I'm usually grabbing it. So, hell yeah. yeah. So you're not going to answer. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> and he's telling that to you. That's... Your favorite Iron Maiden record. <sighs> Is it too hard? Okay, wait, wait. Let's do a top three. Top three. Seventh Son. Preach. Okay. Number of the Beast. Okay. Damn, dude. Even top three is hard. <laughs> I'm going to leave three as a question mark. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> to be continued. Three can be interchangeable with any other main record. I yeah, think. it also dep- I don't know. Depends. I mean, a lot of... Depends people, on your mood. Depends on your mood, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people... A lot, I feel like a lot of people are kind of like... When a band's been around for 40, 35, 40 mm-hmm. years, people are like, oh, this era sucks. This era sucks. I like this era better. Early stuff's better. And like... Mm. It's all about the experience, though. Yeah, right? I, mean, I mean, I I enjoy some of those. Some of the later albums took a little bit longer to grow on me, but I still mm-hmm. will be have times where I'm like, yeah, Dance of Death, I'm feeling that right now over listening to Somewhere in Time for the seven thousandth mm-hmm. time or whatever, you know. But mm-hmm. you know, I feel like that's any old band, right? Yeah, that's origi- what I'm saying. Like yeah. if Anthrax, I love Anthrax. Cool. Like the bass and Anthrax <laughs> just makes you live. Um, but if they came out with like a 2020 record, I'd be like, mm. yeah, like yet. already, I already know. Like I'd be yeah. like, eh, it's okay, mm-hmm. and it hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> well, some artists also like retire to themselves or peak, and then they become an employee to themselves. Mm-hmm. And I, this isn't just limited to music, but like a lot of artists, they when they're hungry, they're first they like hit a stride, and like everything they put out is a banger. And even if it isn't, you still see some merit into it maybe later. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think the problem is that certain artists, when they start at a particular formative age, when they, when, you know, when they're hungry and they know what they're doing, um, they peak or they hit a wall creatively and then they start doing it just to do it. And it no longer has the soul. Wow, we were, has the, before we had the mics on, we were you know, talking it, about, uh, that hits home. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, <laughs> I've experienced some, that. And it, it, it yeah, that's, that's experience the thing. It's it's like, one of my, my, Former you know, bands, yeah, man. like you, like you, you, and then then because you, when you've created, you then see the creator or the 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 perception of yourself as one then becomes a part of your identity, and then you feel like you have to keep producing. Mm-hmm. And when I wish, I wish so many artists would just say, you know, I left my legacy, mm-hmm. I'm content, mm-hmm. I'm gonna pursue. I'd rather somebody not like not release, for example, like with music, not release another album or another movie. Um, then to make one just for the sake of making it. And then that kind of detracts from the attention that could be given to a new generation rediscovering their old stuff. Like, could again, with the movie thing, this is an example to overstate myself. It's like, Ridley Scott, please stop making Alien prequels. Future generations are going to watch them in that order. And then when they get to Alien, it's not going to have the impact it should have. Yeah, because you, you get to the certain point where... Um you know, there's still the want to see those bands live. You, yeah. That, I mean, to see those songs and, and a lot of those bands can still pull it off live. They, they, they still put on great shows. Um, but yeah, to recapture that energy, um, from those first couple of years is almost impossible. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough because bands want to put albums to tour, mm-hmm. and that's just what the industry is. Mm-hmm. And as I was saying before, you know, that, as far as putting out songs, if they if they've got a if they got a great song, sure, put it out. I mean, 
it, it is. It is. It, but it's they like do who, become. It becomes. Uh, it's like who is Megadeth still making albums for besides my dad? Like who? <laughs> like who is listening to a new Megadeth album and is like? Wait, how old is your dad? My dad. He's uh, he's in his mid fifties. So like uh, no, what I'm saying is like who? <laughs> sorry, what I'm saying is like. Bes- like who's it. who's listening to a new <laughs> Megadeth record in it's 2020? Math in your head who's like, hearing <laughs> Megadeth for the first time was what I'm right, saying right. in mm-hmm. 2020, yeah. and it's like holy shit! Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. I guess I don't f- have that perspective. That's, you know? that's, 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 that's the thing. That's the thing. I don't understand where it's like, who are you making these for? Why are you making them? Don't you think you've already left yeah. enough of a legacy? Like, but wait, hold on. Then you have people like Stormy. Who mm-hmm. are just entering the metal world yeah. and are listen just discovering music that we have been listening to for 25, 30 and years. And that's beautiful mm-hmm. in itself mm-hmm. because the thing is, though, is that she has an advantage working in a record store. Yeah, hearing, that's true. Hearing the the opinions of fan loyalty, um, of hearing what the prime of said musicians are. But what's also really cool about that is that coming into it new, she can also bring a new perspective and opinion, and then bring the door like open a whole new door for discussion with a perspective because in a way there's like a familiarity and a desensitization even if we're not aware of it from people who grew up with it who already know what they like and why sometimes it might psychologically take them back to a formative time when they first heard it and it feels so good Um, but to hear it not again for the first time but to hear it for the very first time from such a different musical background I think is again leaves the door open for a very fascinating discussion. Yeah, but also, I agree. but also, I think Stormy, I think her personality, and I don't mean to speak for her, but I think her personality is really drawn to, um, to the certain kinds of metal that we love for maybe different reasons, but in a similar way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's break for a couple Christ songs. Let's right, let's hear uh, "Here for Your Soul" and then "On the Cross." So. Fun little fact about On the Cross. We played On the Cross on our very first episode of Grim Dystopian.
Well, how did you first get into music, and well, when did you start? Yeah, music. So you have a different like experience than everyone else with music because we mm-hmm. were talking about it kind of before we went on the mm-hmm. mics. So yeah. you're from like Yeah, I I grew up in Iowa in a small town. And um so I I didn't have the experience of growing up in a scene. So it was uh, it was just a, a handful of the friends that listened to heavy music. So um, Did you do any tape trading or anything through the mail or anything like that? No, no, didn't. Um, you know, our, the main source of, of of music for us was uh, traveling forty some minutes to a bigger city so that we could mm-hmm. uh, see what the latest was. You know, what was going on there. Um, most of you know, most of our choices for music, you know, came about through, we'd buy magazines or you know, sometimes we were lucky enough to even get fanzines in some of these music stores. Um, so from there we were, we were picking, basically picking music out of that. And so a lot of the times just because not knowing the bands, I mean, we, we just go through the wall of tapes and we look for the logos, yeah. you know, <laughs> and we just look through the logos and yeah, you knew man. you're like, Whoa. Yeah. I wish you I liked know? the Scorpions more because of that. <laughs> I know. You're like, what's <laughs> this? You know? And so there was what? a lot of blind buys back then. That's yeah. so you know? Cool. Yeah. I love that. And sometimes you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, man. You know? That rules. What, this, what the hell is this? And then other times you're like, oh, wow. Oh, okay, whatever. I don't think you know? that uh, that didn't work in Riot's favor very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, killer record. If you're buying off oh the cover, God, I know. don't know about oh, that. I'm like, I, know, I, look exactly. at the, I, look at, I look at the albums I pass up just because I was looking at, at the, the covers. Cover, right. I'm like, oh, wow. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, before that, before I was, you know, in my teens and, um, you know, I was in middle school. Well, no, I went in like close to what fifth time, grade. What era was this? Uh, era? Oh, jeez, I was in what fifth year? grade. Oh, my God. What year would this have been? Yeah, what decade is I'm this? Like, uh, we're talking about early uh, 83, 84, okay. something like that. Near middle school then? Yeah, what year cool. did Diary of a Man, Man come out? 84, I think it was. Sounds about right. Yeah. So that that was the album that got that was the album like that got me into music and um, <laughs> into heavy music. Uh, that was my that was my gateway drug. Cool. And <laughs> so, um, but then what yeah. led you into playing instruments? Playing instruments? Um, That's a great question, Travis. He's <laughs> <laughs> making our job Thank so you, easy. I could just sit back and drink another beer. I'm gonna face over here to face Travis and. Uh, <laughs> Christ on Christ. It's Christ on Christ. <laughs> that sounds like a really weird website. <laughs> and the name of our episode. Yeah, exactly. Christ on Christ. There it is. Christ on Christ. Um, There's a picture of me with like a cigar and like I'm dressed in a suit with a yeah. martini in my glass. No, I think it was that album. It, that album. And, um, you know, from there it was like ACDC and, and things like that. And my mom always had... My mom had an acoustic guitar sitting around the house and at some point I picked it up and just started banging on it and I was like I was like you want to get lessons when when I started playing I was playing I played violin in in grade school and I started playing guitar probably in eighth grade so you all have these awesome musical backgrounds yeah so (laughs) and um, I played guitar for a number of years and uh, being in an area where there weren't a lot of musicians, I ended up. There, everybody wanted to be a guitar player. It's the same as it was. It, it, the same as it is now. Everybody wants to be a guitar player or a guitar hero. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so 
I, no one was like stepping up saying, "Who want, you know, we don't, you can't find drummers, you know, no one wants, no one yeah, plays drums out right. in the middle of nowhere, you know? So I started playing drums and that was, that was in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So cool. From there, I pretty much on and off, you know, through the nineties playing drums and, uh, geez, I just played in a lot of bands out in Iowa that, didn't do too much, you know. What kind of bands were they? Musically? Oh man, I was all over the place. You know, started playing in like thrash bands and death metal. It was pretty much, you know, so five guys. It was like the same five guys, you know, for like you know in through high school. Town. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like hey, fifteen yeah, different bands. I remember it's you like were in Skull Ripper. I'm still in that band. You know? <laughs> uh, call them up, you know. Hey, yeah, exactly. uh, thinking about getting this new band together. Sure, why don't you call Dave? Yeah, okay. Uh, is he still mad about the last band? You know. Yeah. Then Dave calls him up. And he's like, "Yeah, dude, uh, Mike already talked to me. Like, you know, it's the same four guys yep, in every yep. band. Exactly. Hey, what band are you playing tonight? Oh, all four of them. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, middle of night in Iowa. Yeah, small town Iowa, USA. Um. So yeah, no, I did. I play. I I played in. Um, I played in like just garage bands for years and years, and then. So what brought you here from Iowa? I had um, I had a friend that was moving out here. His um, girlfriend was going to graduate school at the U of R. I was in a job that was going nowhere, and I was playing music with him. And I'm like, well, let's go. You know, I'm I'm there. So I moved out and played music with him for a while, and it didn't work out. And um, he ended up moving back. Not just, you know, within five years or something and like that. And you got sucked into the whole got of Rochester. Got sucked into the whole thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, Rochester, is, it, it, it was a good move. I've been fortunate enough to play in a lot of really cool bands and meet a lot of cool people. Like so. all the bands. All the Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> all five, let's see no. here. I think you're the one who has the, the longest rap sheet, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 137, yep. Blizzaro, mm-hmm. Crucifix, mm-hmm. Devil Moons. Yep, that was... Uh, Sounds cool. Yeah. yeah, right? That was like... that was my, A friend of mine was doing uh, sort of a honky-tonk, old-school honky-tonk type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Called Devil Moons. Devil Moons, yeah. It we only makes ha- sense. We had a handball yeah. player on stage. And this uh, is where yeah, the uh, Kenny Rogers like... records came into play <laughs> we were talking about earlier. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, okay, yeah, I'll play, I'll do that, so... And yeah. then Oradruin, of course, Aura Druin. Mm-hmm. which is an awesome band. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it's uh, Rochester's been been a good been a good thing. So. Good, did you, good move. Did you do the artwork and layout for Epicurean Mass? No, no, John uh, John did all the. Okay. Uh, did all the layouts for Metal that stuff. Metal Archives needs to be corrected then. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> or not. <laughs> or not. Mike Waski invented uh, music. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it alone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. oh, that's fine. I like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, you know, coming, coming from uh, a background of playing and, you know, touring bands and stuff like that, and where I'm at, and my life right now, I mean, I'm really, really happy with this band. I, I, I think I'm at the point in my life where I want to play with people that are friends. And it's more it's more about the people than it is the music at, at this point. Good. Sort of. Yeah. Um, 
You're making uh, me cry a little bit, Mike. Oh, Especially with this music <laughs> in the background. Yeah. I, oh. I feel like I should be singing a Are sunrise. you having a spiritual yeah, moment? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, because it, when you're younger, you're really hungry. Yeah. You know, yeah. you just, you want, you want to create. And I think a lot of times um, there's a lot of sacrifice there. Um, sometimes you have to get, you almost have to give up a little bit of yourself sometimes, you know, and put up with things that you really wouldn't put up with in other, in of other times of your life. Yeah. And, you know, you just, yeah, I got, it just, just, it's where I am now that, um, it was, it was more about the experience, um, of, of being able to create the music with these guys <laughs> than it was, um, trying to have a goal yeah you know Word. yep and we have we do i mean christ we do have goals we have little, yes we have little exactly. yes. you know we Very have important we have yeah I mean, yeah so we do have goals but they're um you have long-term goals for christ yeah they're they're uh, you know i guess they're i guess they're more based of uh you know it's more like thinking about next. each other also with within that whole construct so uh i i in terms of uh, long-term goals, I think it's more like, I think we're just trying to learn and assess from our experiences, mm. but it's yeah. also kind of hard to do so when we're all when we're like growing and changing as individuals mm-hmm. in the process. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, the band might be challenging and showing us things that we're not aware of at the time. So mm-hmm. a lot of our meetings are like, and I don't mean this in a in a combative way, but are like our us or especially me in like defense of our insecurities and ego because like wait we've been through this before but this feels different you know it seems to you know because of our experiences and what we've gone through in life and it's like one of those things where it's like let's try to see what happens and it's like oh shit like this is cool you know what i mean as opposed to being like so we can't there there's no prediction so it's i'm just happy that i'm working with motivated people well, it's cool too that because I trust we're, creatively. We're That's all important. we're all different ages, <clears throat> and we're all Word. still on the same page, which is pretty unique. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, we might approach it differently, but yeah. at the end of the day, we're like, you know, there'll be there'll be a time where I'm like, man, these guys don't get it, and then after a discussion, I'll be like, oh no, they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I see what they're coming yeah. from. Oh, yeah, 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 that makes sense. I need to assess myself. <laughs> like I've learned so, a lot about myself already in this band. Um, not only externally outside the band, but also certain small ways within the band, too, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. This is what I want in life and not everything I do. Yeah. So. All right. What about you? Tron. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> when I was in, in Elfspell, John, who was also in that band, um, who's in the Roger win, uh, he called me Tron because we had a John and then we had a Ron. <laughs> in the band and we and you thought, couldn't just be Travis right and and then and <laughs> the other band members of the band oh and we had a Monica and there was a Mon so they thought it would be funny if the other two members it was a five piece if Ian was Eon and I was trying I've been trying oh, to send okay. updates right. to, to, well it's to not those. working yeah it's not I know <laughs> my band photo I see that and I'm like oh I sent I sent a one that I that I liked more they, I don't know if they got it. <laughs> that was my bad. I didn't send it to them. Oh. <laughs> I've, been t- I've been wanting to send it to you again. Do you still have it? You can send it again. I might okay, not do I'll it, though. Go. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, like, I like the one that's up there. Right. Okay, cool. <laughs> I think, don't you send edits, too? Yeah, occasionally. Yeah, send yeah. it to this guy. All right. Don't do that. Right. Then, I'll know it's get- then I'll know it's getting done. <laughs> um, oh, what is it? Uh, 
So I didn't come hearing Kevin and Mike. I don't have the uh, same sort of musical background as them. I didn't start with a with music theory or with any other instrument. I uh, picked up a guitar when I was 13 because I heard um, Extremes play with me. And I thought that song ripped oh, yeah. when I was 13. And so my dad had a guitar. And so not knowing at all what I was doing, I didn't know... Um, but the uh, but the tuning did or anything. I just started fooling around with it like a baby would, and I think I broke <laughs> a few strings off of it and put it back and was hoped. Uh, maybe no one well, one still day, does that. Yeah, <laughs> You're right. Let's get so, to the Christ sound. It's funny. No, no, it's funny because like I'm very. Um, it's just the it's the way I'm kind of illiterate in, in the ways in which I'm like, oh, okay, I, I get that you press this thing and then you stroke this thing and then it works. Like you stroke the string on a guitar or you press this key on a piano and oh I get that it works, then I just try to follow the sound. Um, but when it comes to like the technicalities of gear or structure, these guys help me out. They're like engineers because I don't because for me I've always been in a band where it's like all right i show up bring what i have hope it's good enough hope it works like it works like i hope it works and i hope that i sound interesting enough you know to make the cut if you will yeah Um, i think i'm like i i I think i'm more of a gearhead for guitar gear than i am drum gear yeah i mean i love like you know like some talking talking shop about guitar stuff is so much more interesting than drums. And that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, and that's <laughs> it's like, I like, you know, yeah. the guitar, you know, we're, we're always looking like we're always looking online for guitar gear mm-hmm. and trying to think about the sound and stuff like that. And, and I loved, I, that's, and, like and that's great for me. They're looking out for me because like, I might get frustrated because I don't have like the same sort of tone, but I don't know how to, I don't have the background. I'm very like, you know, I couldn't talk shop. You know, I would just be like, listen, man, I just plug it in and hope it turns on, you know. Um, Grip it and rip it. Yeah, exactly, that's exactly it. I'm going to start using that. But um, no, so that's what it was is that um, I uh, picked up a guitar when I was 13. And then my dad came home with the cheapest Strat he could find. And I'll never forget, he proudly, with a big smile on his face, gave me this cruddy amp and this guitar. And he's like, it was almost like you earned it. He said, now you can break the strings on your own. <laughs> and then all I did was make noise. And then my dad, he'd always be like, he was a very, he's a very impatient and very lackadaisical person. So he'd be like, yeah, I'll teach you how to play one day. And then like five years later, I was like, dad, when are you going to teach me how to play? He's like, all right, here's a chord. Deal with it. Right. It's like, I'm already, I'm already Practices doing this for three years. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so, like, I'm already ripping our pitches. Dude. Right, yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, um, so, um, so all the playing that I do is just from free time and just from like trying to hear what I like and trying to figure out on my own if I can do it. Some people think that's impressive. I don't know. It's it is, very yeah. impressive. You know, yeah. like, like I've never sung in a band before, but I just was like, I guess that's the extrovert in me. It's like I'm kind of fearless in that regard. I don't care if I look stupid. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I hope I do because then it's then it'd be fun. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't feel like I need to master the science. Um, I just hope I'm, I hope I'm good enough. And apparently I've, from what other people say, I've been mm-hmm. great. I'm not saying I'm an expert. I'm just saying I, I'm not afraid to try and I'm not afraid to fail. Do you think if you started focusing on like music theory 
personally, would that take away from your creativity? I, I don't know if it would take away from my creativity. The thing is, though, is that I'm just kind of like, I don't know, the way my the way my mind works, the way my energy works is that um once I have a, I think it's called a scanner personality mm-hmm. type. So I learn something, I become obsessive, I get really involved, I become an expert, mm-hmm. then I become, okay, I figured it out, let's move on. And I think, um, I think, I don't know, because if I were to learn music theory, a part of me might be trying to find to defy it and do it in my own way. Almost Breaking like, the rules. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, like, uh, like, uh, like I'm the type of person who wants to learn the rules, then I know how to uh-huh. break them. So then, um, so then it's an, of a personal interest and I know that might sound kind of vain, but I don't do that in like relationships. It just comes to no, like creativity and imagination, you know, um, hey, you could be already doing that though. Like mm-hmm. you don't know what the theory is. So you're already breaking, like you're already like, you could be already doing something uh, else and well, it doesn't matter. No, that's true. Like, I think we're doing something cool, but like, I'm not going to say that like I, I know what I'm doing. You know, like, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like I, I feel good in what I do, but by no means would I ever say like, uh, you know, this is how to do it. You know, no. like also I'm very conscientious. Like, I feel like there's a responsibility of influencing other people. So if anybody were to ask me like, um, Hey Trav, how do you do? How do you do Christ? I'd be like, you just, I don't know, man. You just do it. You just do it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think, I think I, I, I I think a lot, of, at least for me in personal experience, and it, when you're younger, you try to do something because you're trying to accomplish something. Like I, I looked at music as yeah. I, I've got to, I got to play, I got to play everything perfectly. Oh yeah, and there's a perfectionist sort of thing instead of, and and instead of um, approaching things more organically. And yeah. um, when you're learning, it's like it's like you got to get to a level to be able to do this. But it's you, you, no, you really, it's it, it, it's a combination. Um, yeah, um, you can't teach personality, you know. Yeah. Like, um, and uh, and this is why I'm always obsessed philosophically with like people who wish to or are socialized to feel most validated as a what instead of a who. You know, with a what, there's just like a guarantee. I think it's like a coping device for our ambivalence to life. Like with a what, like somebody's like, hey, like, what are you? Oh, I'm a metal head. Who are you? Um, That, you know, that's where you have to be like. That's uncomfortable. And that's what I hate is that I think people should learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's okay not to be okay. Just be, just admit to yourself how you feel and in the moment. If you don't like it, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. So like. That's why a lot of my heroes, a lot of my heroes are aren't Paul Stanley. Well, wait, I love Paul Stanley. <laughs> Paul Stanley's one of my heroes. Um, but oh, the, a lot example. of my but a lot of my heroes are people like um, aren't necessarily metal. Like uh, Grace Jones is one of my heroes, is because like I love like there's things in it that are that I love because of the charm of them, not because they the what yeah, not yeah. because in what they're trying to accomplish is like who and and it's just the fact that they exist. Um, that I admire. So like, um, yeah, it's funny because growing up, my exposure to to things was just from my dad's collection of stuff. So I remember my sister and I, we would just rummage through, we would just be bored and we would just go through his record collection and just blindly listen. And just depending on what our mood was and what we wanted. And I remember... <laughs> 
Sorry, the cat's barfing. Oh, that's okay. My cat did that <laughs> too. Just ignore that. It's the time. It's the, it's the equinox. It's weird. I have a cat and it does that too. It's the accents. No. Um, no. Um, um, it's like, no, Trav, I think just cats do that. And I'm like, ah, oh, I see. No. Um, no, it was, uh, and we were just blindly. And I remember, um, and this is why like, I know a lot about Kiss because my dad was just a Kiss fan. And like I now love Kiss for the novelty, like they're the fake band in a movie, but the movie was never made. Mm-hmm. It's the idea of Kiss that I find endearing and honorable more than their mm-hmm. songs, you know. And Paul Stanley, I think, is such like a goofy, like he's so <laughs> endearingly awkward and he's so unabashed by it. That's that I feel like I can relate to because for someone who's like, I don't care if I look stupid, I don't care if I succeed or fail. Mm-hmm. Do you think he knows I look <clears throat> stupid? What's that? Do you think he knows? But what's great is that if he, he doesn't care. It's his world and we live in it. But that's another discussion for another day. But um, I remember hearing, I remember going through my dad's collection. I remember being like, hey, people, I was wanted something that was faster, mm-hmm. something that complimented my yeah, energy. Like, I remember going through his Dynasty, records. what's this? Yeah, right, exactly. And I was like, and it didn't complement my energy. And I was like, you know, stuff like that. Like, seriously. And I was like, okay, I like this, but this isn't where I want to throw my head around. This isn't where I want to like freak out like i need a cathartic healthy outlet Mm -hmm. i want to bang my fucking head and this isn't fitting and um like before that i had like around that time i just found iron man's killers and that was like a revelation and i was like this kicks ass that was my first meeting yeah and that that's my favorite and i just love it so much but then it was after that that's awesome bruce is my favorite singer yeah, oh, no, that's cool. Very few people say that. Very few people are like, it's my favorite record, but Bruce is my favorite singer. Like, I wish more people would be able to find ways to have both. Like, you can have both. But um, but then I can't remember how, but I think I heard uh, Megadeth's Rest in Peace, and then it just escalated from there. And then I got into uh, Halloween and a lot of Accepts Faster songs, because I also watched growing up... Um, where most people spend a lot of time in record shops, I spent most of my time in video stores, which is why I'm such a huge movie fan. So I'd watch a lot of like Italian B horror movies or even Bill and Ted, which had a killer soundtrack. And I had this love for like androgynous pop and hair metal. And then when I would watch a lot of Italian horror films where there would just be like, you know, a Saxon song playing during demons, I'd be like, what the fuck is that? And then that snowballed. And then there was a time where I felt like a few years ago I had peaked and my love of metal and that I was alienating other kinds of music that I had an interest in and wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. And um, just when I thought like, okay, like I love metal, but I'm not a metal head. I joined Christ. And it's just funny how, as soon as I kind of let something go a little mm-hmm. bit, it kind of came to me in the best way. So it's funny. Cause like, it's cool. Cause I would be talking to the fatal curse guys and I can't remember how it came up, but we started talking about our, I was talking to, I made an Oingo Boingo reference just for my own amusement. And they're huge Oingo yeah. Boingo fans. And I was like, cool. So metal isn't just metal. It's just the reason why I thought that is because a lot of adolescents, again, they want to feel validated as a what instead of who. So they adopt things that complement their self perceived mm-hmm. identity, not necessarily things that complement who they are as people. And when people are always ch- chasing the superficial, mm-hmm. You know, you get a lot of, especially males, who are just <laughs> very one-dimensional, yeah. and they talk about things more than yeah. ideas yeah. and feelings. <clears throat> and for me, that's very alienating. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's been it's been a unique. It's been unique for me to experience um, different 
um, I guess, uh, uh, different generations of the scene, you know, since I've been, yeah. I've been into heavy music for so long. And um, just just seeing That's evolution cool. in so many yeah, different man. areas. I can imagine. Which is great. That rules. And, um, yeah, no, and going from, yeah, I mean, it was it just in, in the mid to late 80s mm -hmm. you know they, it was it was all about it was all about just this small circle of things that you fell yeah. with i always and then always it just fetishized over the yeah just I over the years it's just like yeah contemplate the pre-internet fandom mm -hmm. i'm always fascinated by that that's like the the way i i mean i wasn't a, i was just being born during that time i always imagine um what it was like then without realizing what it was like then until after it had passed. So I'm always, you know, a lot of my opinions are fueled by like, yeah, but this is also influenced by my awareness of the fact that I'm living in a post-internet mm -hmm. world. So I'm always fascinated by if there was, like you were saying, like, was there any tape training yeah. or like if there was any mm -hmm. like, you know, import or like mm -hmm. ordering stuff like that's what you had to do. It wasn't like you had the click of a button. You could find that some fan had uploaded the whole yeah. thing and then you discover it. Like you were, you, this was stuff you had to search yeah. for. And, um, man, and, and, and to be fair, I think to go back to this, use this as an example, I think that's why my dad was essentially a kiss guy, mm. you know, like kiss was like the working class band. Like they're not, they don't write the best songs. Like they have an attitude and they're, they're endearing, but what else was he would he been exposed to? You know, it's like people who love Star Wars, then they see Star Wars as like the pinnacle of cinema, but they're not watching the films that George Lucas ripped off to make yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. So it's like that type of thing. That's a good point, yeah. I'm always fascinated by that. The amalgamation and the result of um, what has bled through and from in mm -hmm, the past. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know if I have a point, but just something that I think yeah, about. Interesting thoughts. I'm going to go to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> We all quietly slip away, but yeah. Trav has to. <laughs> Not again. Not again. <laughs> um, I think I'm ready to ask a couple personal right. questions. Okay. So we'll start with you, Kev. Uh, cool. Mm -hmm. um, I am told that you have a good penguin joke. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll tell it. <clears throat> Where's Travis? Tra oh, has Travis heard this joke before? Probably. It's only like a million times. Well, I'm sure everybody's heard it. <laughs> well, a million more people are about to hear it. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So there's this penguin, right? Takes his car into the shop to get fixed, right? Having some problems with his car. The mechanic's like, well, it's going to take a little bit to fix your car. You can go hang out and do whatever. And the penguin's like, All right. So he steps outside. He sees that there's an ice cream place across the street. He's like, I'll get some ice cream while I'm waiting for my car to get fixed. So he walks across the street, um, orders some ice cream, and then, you know, the guy goes to hand him the ice cream, and he's got fins and like flippers, so it's, like, really hard to hold the ice cream. So he's, like, holding onto it, he's trying to eat it, and he's getting ice cream all over his face while he's trying to eat it, right? And so he eats what he can and, you know, gets a little frustrated and throws the rest away. So he's like, yeah, I think, you know, enough time's passed. I'm going to go see how my car's doing so he walks back across the street and the mechanic's like well i uh i just finished looking at your car uh it just looks like you blew a seal he's like no just a little bit of ice cream 
Nothing, Mike? <laughs> he's too busy eating a donut. I know. <laughs> Actually, he's eating ice cream. Nobody can see <laughs> um, I also hear that you're good at races. Oh, yeah. Foot races, not well, yeah. car races. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> yep. so I'm going to yep. challenge you. Oh, boy. The next day that there's well, dry the pavement, I want to race you. Okay. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> It's like two and a half mailboxes. Two and a half mailboxes. So it's like a sprint. It's a sprint. It's like short distance, two and a half mailboxes. Can it be any two and a half mailboxes? (laughs) Yeah, right. It's usually city mailboxes. Oh, not like Avon. Yeah. (laughs) Four miles away. I was about to say, I was like, talking about. Yeah, it kind of came to be like. me and Mark and a couple other guys were partying one night a couple years ago. And we were at my friend Dom's house, our friend Dom's house, and he had like a treadmill and we were drunkenly fooling around with the treadmill. And then we were like, let's go outside and race. And like it just <laughs> cool. turned, in, it turned into like a joke, right? And they're like, wow, Kevin's kind of fast, but he's racing like a bunch of, you know, fucking... <laughs> Drunk assholes. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, we'll just try. Yeah, Next time we party, we'll like, you know, do it again. See how it goes. And it just kept going where nobody would be able to. Like, we would pull. We'll hang out on the stoop, and we'll just pull people walking home from the bar. Like, yo, race my friend, and they'll be like, all right, I'm fucking, all right. And like, and then like, we have these like fucking jocks come up. They're like, you know, coming up like, I'm a soccer player. This guy's this fucking long haired hippie kid's not gonna beat me. What the fuck? And then they race and I smoke them, and they're just like, what the hell? So great. Yeah, Stormy said you always win. Yep. Except, he uh, is fast. It is impressive. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Yeah, it, I'm ju- like seriously, it's it's it turned into intense. a huge thing where I was like, I was racing <laughs> my, I was racing my coworkers who were like, anyway, so like, everyone was like, yeah, fuck this guy. He's not. Has anyone guy. won against you yet? Uh, I'm gonna say no. I, well, wait a minute. Like Nobody's it. run against you professionally. Yet. <laughs> like, yeah, you're still like pro- still like just a party hobby. It's not like somebody who's like I have experience in uh, track and then. Well, yeah. we're not talking about an Olympian. <laughs> 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 I think he has a potential. That's what we I'm measure saying. things in mailboxes, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's your humble beginnings when you become like an accomplished the loneliness yeah. of the long distance runner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. People just don't expect it. They just look at me and they're like, I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't really know either until. So you're not like a track runner or anything like that? No, I don't do any sports or nothing. So this all came out of like fucking around on a treadmill one night. Being drunk on a treadmill. Mm -hmm. I'm good at, you know, singing and playing. You're good at running. (laughs) (laughs) Natural talents. Yeah. So that's how that started. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much, that's that's that. And you have a cat, right? Yeah. My brother's cat. I'm the uncle. I get to have all the fun and none of the responsibility. Mm, You don't have to clean up barf. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, it's and hair. that's the hairless cat. Hairless right? cat. Yep, her name Moose? Is Moose. Beautiful creature. Oh, she's the best. She's so cool. Mike, mm-hmm. you're in the scouting. Yeah. Are you st- Are you actively a scout? Um, I'm a scout master. How did you get Assistant into that? Scout. Like um, ever since like you were a youngin. No, no. Oh. I um, I w- Jeez, I was in scouting one for a few years when I was younger, um, but didn't stick with it um but uh a few years back i was looking for something um for an activity for my son and i to to do together that's awesome and um 
I've always, um, I've always been, uh, I've always done things in the outdoors. I always enjoyed hunt or fishing and camping and things like that. And, um, and I, I wrote at the time my son, it, he, he needed something, you know, to be able to, to, to connect with people in, you know, yeah. in some way. Yeah. And, um, it, it just worked out. It fit, you know, we were able to, um, um, get the experience and, and doing things, uh, with a group of people and, um, and, and also be able to do things for our community with, with, uh, um, with helping with our community. So, yeah, yeah. It just, uh, it was that a good rules. fit for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Is he a scout? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And so you guys do like camping trips and yeah, all that. Yeah, That's we, awesome. There's a lot of times where they're like, hey, we got asked to play this show. And he's like, sorry, guys, I'm going to be out of town. I'm doing this camping <laughs> thing. And I remember, I remember I was helping him move in his apartment. He had those, uh, camping solar powered lights and he's like oh yeah you don't need to pay for electricity you can just string these up and I'm like, cool. wait that's where our, that's where our tater nuts song came from tater nuts tater oh, yeah. tater yeah. somebody read a box that said it said um, tater tots it, it said, said tater tots and for some reason mark kept making a song out of it we were like tater nuts yeah. well no he was saying something like crinkle, crinkle crud, crud. Yeah. Then, then taters jam and, tasty sodium and crazy the sodium and crazy uh -huh. and we just kept seeing that and even at practice i'll play it like i'll yeah, play we, look we, it up and just be like crinkle cut so <laughs> just let, now whenever i go to the store and i see cooker cup fries I'm like <laughs> do you instantly start Stupid. singing i do I, out in the out in the hallway hoping that a flash mob happens <laughs> we're actually uh hoping to sell that jingle to them because it's uh you know gonna I, get I us money I, for I, new I gear will be uh, some <laughs> additional income <laughs> <laughs> it's catchy. It's been in my head ever since. So, <laughs> yeah, no, no. The the scouting thing is uh, it's it's been great. You know, there's some people that get into scouting just because they want to achieve something with it, like getting Eagle Scout or whatever. And with you know, I told my son, it's like, listen, it's a it's about the experience, you know. And we were lucky enough to get involved with a troop that isn't like all about. You've got to advance. You've got to, you've got, you know, the whole goal is, you know, becoming Eagle Scout, you know, or whatever. No, it's about, it's, it's about learning about, uh, about interacting with the world. That rules. Be people, That's people or the environment. And, yeah. And, you know, the, and the environment is, is, is a really important for thing for me personally, um, as right far as sustainability and things like that. Yeah. So That's awesome. It, it was just a really good fit. Good. The, the rules. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that. All right, Travis, we joke. <laughs> but like, I, we do feel like we need a whole episode for you. <laughs> you got so much going on over here. I guess. I don't even know where, where to start. Right. Well, one day, maybe. <laughs> I'll do it. And, I, and then now I know where you live. So yes. I'll get here yes. on time for my show, but not for the band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so one thing that we saw that I thought was kind of, in, we thought was kind of interesting was you did makeup for Phantom of the Opera. Oh, wow. You found that out? We're good. It's we online? Do, Holy crap. We, we do research. When I was younger, I fancied myself to be a special effects makeup artist that I wanted to be like the next Tom Savini. And, uh, I spent most of my time in my room just experimenting and exploring and everyone obviously thought I was 
Like on yourself or with yeah, other people? Yeah, on myself, with other people. I got sent home from school, showing up with like gashes, wounds, <laughs> black eyes. Um, <laughs> one time, this was, I'm not proud of this, but I showed up with this. I got to the point where I could whip something up very quickly. And again, it was one of those things where like I half-assed and apparently I was halfway decent at it. Um, but I remember I was watching a movie uh, just before I went to school, just before the bus came, and there was a scene where a guy gets punched and the next shot he has a black eye. So I was like, oh, I've never done a black eye before. So I ran up into my room to this brutal-looking black eye and <laughs> came to school, and everyone was concerned. <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm, for whatever reason, domestic abuse popped in uh, teachers' heads. And what pissed people off was that the next day... I still had a black eye, but I modified it a little bit. <laughs> so it looked like as if, and I remember this one kid who was this like, um, it was, it was a, uh, a basically like a, like a teacher's pet. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but he was like, Oh, you see the yellowing here. Oh, that means like the white blood cells are coming to the surface, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> and then I can't remember what it was. I think it was in the middle of class. Some teacher was talking to me and giving me that speech. Like if there's anything going on, let me know because also the excuse I gave didn't sound it sounded like an excuse instead of me being like oh it's fake I was like I knelt down to tie my shoe and I didn't realize that there was a doorknob in my way and I smashed my face into a doorknob and as I'm saying it, I'm kind of like smiling and giggling and looking off because I'm bullshitting and um and halfway through school the next day after I modified it and it looked a uh, quote unquote realistic um, I wipe it off and everyone was like you fuck <laughs> and my dad this is where I get this from my dad gets a phone call while he's at work being like your son showed up to school with a fake black eye which had us all concerned wait so they didn't call about the real black eye they called about the fake, fake black, black eye, eye. Exactly. <laughs> that's nice <laughs> and they were like, and so they would have preferred it if I was right? getting beaten because <laughs> then they would have had a tangible case they felt insulted they felt and because I just kept like because I kept playing along I didn't bring anybody into my joke I wasn't like Psst, hey I have a fake black eye no I just you just like wore, went with it. My dad was like, that's how he expresses himself. Let him do what he wants to do. He's not hurting it. And everybody was like, no, he is. That is wrong. And people were like, did he tell you it was domestic abuse or did you think it was domestic abuse? And everyone was like, we don't want to argue that. So afterwards, everyone was like, all right, Travis is weird. <laughs> and then, um, just let him Even more lines. weird than I already was. <laughs> and then I would do these things where I would, you know, I'd, I'd experiment at school like this one time. Uh, I put like I brought <laughs> like I would make red I, I remember making fake blood and just pretending I bit my tongue and just pour out this <laughs> mass of red but um, one time I was hanging out with a friend of mine I'm originally from Buffalo and then in my mid-teens I moved to Rochester and I was hanging out with friends in Buffalo um, in my early 20s and uh, and a friend of mine's dad's wife worked for um worked at a costume shop and heard that the lo one of the local high schools middle schools were looking for a makeup artist to do the stage production of fam of the opera and immediately they thought travis and so i again like singing yeah i can do it i'll do it 
Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, like, humility at all. Just like, yeah, yeah, sure. I didn't realize how far into production they were and they didn't have a makeup artist. I thought, okay, if I suck, they'll fire me and hire somebody else. Like, they know what they're doing. Oh, shit, no. I got to do this. So I got a discount from them, which was really great, from um, my friend's uh, family. Got a discount from buying all the supplies I thought I needed at the discount. And like, like I said, I already practiced some of this stuff um you know reading fingoria and all that shit so uh i went there and all the kids are surrounding me and it was awesome i had like i think i had a star wars shirt that had a few holes in it that i hadn't changed in like about a week i was wearing a cut off denim vest with like a giant dawn of the dead back patch and like an iron maiden pin on it um my hair was out of control and everybody was like whoa this guy's been through some <laughs> shit like all these kids and somehow I'm able to make this guy's face, the side of his face, look fucked. And they do a rehearsal, and the director's like, this kicks ass. And so, yeah, I did that for about three or four days and got a cool $300 from it. Um, yeah, I did that. And then the next year, I was asked back to do um, Beauty and the Beast. But a guy that I used to know was better at like sculpting stuff like that so him and i just collaborated and did that so oh that's cool so yeah so it's cool that that came up i don't know i haven't really talked about it since then so i was really stretching for oh yeah then this happened and this happened and then actually then. We're, we're gonna have to credit mike scrivens for that okay awesome <laughs> yes mike knows me more than i know myself <laughs> We dig. Cool. Like that we rules. reached out to Stormy. That's awesome. Thank <laughs> you, Mike. Oh, no. Mike. Well, that's how we <laughs> know about the, yeah. the hair fanning running. Cool. <laughs> you didn't mention that. Inevitable. I was also not that this really needs to be known. I was also on um, MTV's True Life. Oh, we know. We actually spent I don't know an hour <gasps> last night trying to Ooh, find it. Gross. We couldn't yeah. find it though. Good. Like it is like stripped. That's okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. We were kind of bummed. Yeah, it, it's got to be th out. Th Once something's on the internet, it's man, a thing. Never, it's it's a thing that happened. That's all I got. Yeah, it was. You're a super fan of something. Uh, no, this is okay. I'll tell you the story too. I'm really <laughs> sorry. Again, this is going to be the Travis and Davina show. You guys are going to leave. I'm going to be here till like you know 6 p.m. Um, what happened was. My sister and I were living together and my sister and I are kind of similar in the ways that our anxieties get the best of us. And then we become restless and then we like, we need to do something. We just need to be active in something. We need to pursue something. So my sister um, started getting into a lot of uh, new agey concepts and started um, learning how to read palms and thought that maybe I can be the non-pretentious palm reader. Maybe I could be the hip, cool rock star quote unquote psychic and so she started going to like tattoo conventions and started traveling to comic cons mm. to sell trinkets and read people's palms and she went to a comic con um and heard that um mtv was recruiting subjects for true life i'm a fanboy do you know somebody who's obsessed with somebody at the time my sister and i lived together my our apartment was a horror movie museum um, I had a huge immaculate VHS collection at the time. Um, I just gone through a breakup for, I mean, for obvious reasons, if that didn't say, <laughs> that didn't imply anything. Um, and my sister just moved from out of town. I think also going through a breakup and she was like, I need a place to stay. I was like, you can live with me. It's a one bedroom. So I remember segregating 
our side of the uh, apartment off. And of course, because at the time, you know, why wouldn't I have done this? Um, her side was the Jason side. I was a Freddy side. I push on my glasses <laughs> when I say that. And so um, she came back and was like, hey, uh, I think you'd be a great subject for the show. I had no idea what True Life was. I was so out of touch with cable television. I didn't get it. All I knew was that... All I know is that people say, oh yeah, MTV doesn't play music videos anymore. That's all I know. That's I don't really get it. Um, so she kept pushing me to make this video. I didn't understand what the video was for. I didn't understand why. I didn't understand the purpose of it. I was like, what video? Like, what do I make like a short movie or something? She's like, no, no, no. Like make a video talking about yourself. And I was like, I, that's annoying. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, so, um, so one day my girl, my, uh, girlfriend, my new girlfriend at the time and my sister woke me up and oh i'm wearing like a lucio fulci shirt with like star wars pajama bottoms and <laughs> you know i look like i was a lot heavier then so i look like a sasquatch with glasses and um and they're pushing me and i just candidly just like passionately like at first you see me being like oh this is that video thing okay like aware of how i get but within seconds somebody says something like dumb being like i don't know like uh Thought of the Dead remakes better than the original. I was like, hey, now let me tell you something. And it was that what got me. It was just me, just like compulsively <laughs> turning into like a pompous, nerdy movie reviewer. And then they send it, and they're like, this guy sucks, dude. We need him for our show. So um, it was a very, it was a eye-opening experience, but it was also a very unenjoyable one. Um, no, I don't blame uh, MTV or the production company that came to follow me with the camera. It's just not the kind of uh not the kind of life or the kind of brand of entertainment that really makes me feel comfortable just constantly being bombarded with calls asking me where i'm going to be what i'm going to be doing every mm -hmm. second of every day having a camera follow you with everything you do even if it's mundane boring or stupid having a mic on you that it never turns off so the producers are constantly so like phone conversations intimate like arguments and conversation topics are being heard it's so invasive it's not that i i don't think i have anything to hide but let me share it on right. my terms let me you know like i don't i don't feel like i'm have anything the extrovert in me i don't feel like i have anything that i don't want to talk about it but let me don't let it force be, me let me let it be consensual come on yeah. man let me like if this is a subject that really makes me feel uncomfortable i will talk about it but maybe i don't want to talk about it like um while I'm supposed to wear a microphone 24-7, if that makes sense. There's something about the sensationalism mm -hmm. of one's life. Um, well, and I think they were expecting something from you. And they didn't, and I didn't give them what they expected. Yeah. Because when I caught on very quickly that they didn't have a quote-unquote story, I thought it was like, okay, we're just going to see this kid's hobby. I very eventually realized, oh, they need a narrative. And when they started giving me, when I started resisting, and then my friends stopped talking to me because they were talking to them when I was resisting, and they were like, I don't want to deal with this MTV shit. I feel like the more attention I give Travis, the more MTV is going to come at me. So, and I was also working a job that I hated. I was working overnights at a packing warehouse, which was just mind numbing. So um, eventually they sent me, there was a reverse psychology. They sent me an email saying, we're going to have to recast your part. And then I told my brother, and my brother's like, then you know what, let's give them what they want. And my brother and I just acted like, we acted like these pretentious artists that you know had something to prove, and we were saying really goofy, weird shit, and brought all sorts of strange props, and made a crappy movie. Movie, 
um, there's somewhere on YouTube uh, called Nightmare on Trav Street where like I woke up in a fever dream and Freddy Krueger comes out of my crotch <laughs> and sprays blood <laughs> in my face and then I wake up and um, it's just an endless cycle it just keeps happening you wake up it happens again. you wake yeah, up exactly. I wish that would be the director's cut I'm still making that movie and then they showed it and they re-edited it and that's what it was what was funny though is that you know for a while I'd be walking around the street and people would be like hey you're that guy in that thing and I'll be like yeah but people would forget what the show was they'd be like hey they would always be like what show were you on and I'd always say Jersey Shore <laughs> <laughs> and then it was also very eye-opening and interesting because um, I was working as a usher in a movie theater and this woman comes up and recognizes me and she thought that, oh, if you're on TV, you're famous. Like, if you're on TV, just no matter what, <clears throat> like, you become... A thing. A thing. And she saw me working in a movie theater and she's like, oh, you're on MTV? And then afterwards she was like, Oh, you're like a deadbeat loser, just a working class guy. Oh, true life. Uh. Yeah. And then she was like, Oh, yeah, you're on TV. I was like, Yeah, I was on TV. She's like, You're still making movies. And at the time, I was like, Ah, oh, there's this movie um, I'm trying to make, but it's not going well. And then she was like, Oh, wait. Oh, you're like old news. That's rude. She sucks. It's okay. Um, but uh, that was a thing. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't define me, and I'm. I kind of forget about. Do you regret it? it? Sounds well, like we can't find it. So good. <laughs> uh, the reason why I think say good is not because of the way he represents me, because there's a poor guy on that show that uh, I feel like MTV exploited way worse Aww. than I ever got, and then I feel morally so bad about that. Those poor kids, they just they made him. He's a he's a nice guy, but and I talked to him on Facebook. He found me, and I feel like and he's living happily. I feel like now, but they made this guy look like such a sad sack of shit that uh that I oftentimes very I oftentimes encourage people not to see it because of that. Yeah. So and I was obviously like the subject of a lot of scrutiny, but MTV they made this guy they fucked him up. So. That's sad. Word. I think you asked him if he yeah. regretted it. I don't regret it, um, but I also didn't need to do it mm. in the first place. It was like, you know, it came mm. and went. It was what it was. Um, I think what I would have learned from that, I would have, I think I would have already learned if it hadn't happened. I just think it propelled me into learning things quicker. You know, where one of those things where it was just like, I don't need to be this heavy metal horror movie novelty. I'm just doing this because this, you know, this is complementary to the things I'm into and I want to identify with such things. The more I began to associate with certain subcultures, the more I didn't really feel like I fit in. Nothing against people who have fandoms or who are fueled by um, pop culture uh, related properties. Just one of those things is that there's an the, with certain cultures, especially that are fueled by pop culture, are very insular, are very uh, narrowly focused. Um, you know, I go to a lot of I used to go to a lot of horror cons and it was just a little disheartening to hang around a lot of basement dwelling socially inept males who would whose conversations about women or intimacy were based on the first time they ever saw a pair of boobs in a horror movie. And um, so, you, so you so you got into metal. And that was like I was saying that there was a time where I thought I'd peaked when it came to heavy metal because I was like, oh, I feel like I'm 
like willfully restricting myself from enjoying the other music and the other bands that I really like want to listen to and love. So like I I can oh, oh metal is a part of my DNA, so I don't always have to identify as a metalhead, and it's cool, and I'm very proud and happy to be in this band. So um, I'm not knocking metalheads. I'm just saying um, I just don't think one's identity. Interest, yeah, one's interest should I should be their identity. Yeah. So um, yeah, just getting caught up in these conversations which are endearing sometimes but when that's all you want to talk about is how many kiss records you have it's a little like all right i get it dude we're on the same page well, and i think that's where you know it over the years with my experience with being you know touring around the states and touring <clears throat> in europe um i'm, I'm like so a, i'm cool. an introvert from way back yeah and so it's 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 hard for even to have conversations but yeah it uh, um you know, it's like one out of how many, you mm-hmm. know, 50 conversations you have with people, um, you're able to connect. And I think, and I and think it, it, it's, it's hard. And it's yeah. like, so I think some people, uh, uh, you know, some people look at musicians as, as hard to approach at times right. too. And it's and for me, I, I don't know. Um, I love talking about music. You know, I'll talk about it all day. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and that's it, cool. And, I, and it's know. hard. Yeah, it's hard at times. It just to... brings the perspective, though, from an introvert to an extrovert, mm-hmm. where like an introvert is like, okay, I want to, I want to, as long as we're communicating about something that's on the same ground, that makes me feel safe and that's okay and that's comfortable. And for me, I kind of like being out of my comfort zone yeah. a lot. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. I don't even, I don't even think about it that deeply. I'm just like, sometimes. I mean, metalheads are just, they're diehard about what they like, you know? Mm-hmm. And there was there was a long period of time where metal wasn't cool, and those people didn't stop. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, which is awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just... I think they have, like, a sense of pride in that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm always just, uh, and this is just from me, and I'm not saying that there's an objective, inherent truth to this. It's just coming from my own, like, personal, like, insecurities and uncertainties is that um, I'm always uh, weary and wary of, like, certain... Um, conformities and structures only because like you know it's the restless mind in me that i'm always like i don't know i always just find it (laughs) sad when you're only learning a slight variation of what you already know how i think that in turn can to some degree be harmful and perpetuate some possibly regressive or problematic ideologies because they're normal ideologies because they're normalized yeah in certain things so that's why i think i'm always you know, I think that's a part of like that's something I need to learn to relax about because sometimes I'll jump the gun and get scared before there's even any sign of of uh, of anything problematic. Yeah. You know. Yep. So um, so there's always like certain like, and it's I'm one to talk because I think I'm fully aware. I think where it comes from, and this is a this is a revelation. I think where it comes from is that um. I do have a lot of obsessions. I do have a lot of passions like, you know, Paul Stanley could be an example, but because I'm aware of it, I think I have guilt, some sort of guilt in being so um, obsessed or being sometimes so narrowly focused. Yeah. But that's also me just being hard on myself and projecting that sort of self resentment. Mm -hmm. So thank you for listening. I'll read you the check. Thank you for coming to my Ted talk. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who wants to plug the uh, show on the 22nd? All right, so February 22nd at Skylark. Yep. Doors at 8. Yeah. Starts at 9. Yeah. Uh, five bucks at the door. It'll be a bunch of killer killer tunes. 
Virtus, Walhexen, and then us. Mm-hmm. So, for five yeah. bucks? Five bucks. For five bucks, you get bucks. three brutal metal bands. You can't go wrong. That's Skylar. You can't go to McDonald's for that anymore. Yeah, like, man. Five uh, bucks, February 22nd, Skylark, kick ass. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Gonna awesome. I've been telling everybody about it like in my tags, just being like, five bucks, come on. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've been talking about yeah. it forever. Yeah. That's awesome. So. The rules, cool. I'm excited. All right. I think we should wrap All this right. up. Mike's right. got a and hockey game to and get to. And another thing. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 did you know him? <laughs> Travis is going to go home and record another uh, half an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just tag this you. on to the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So today this I was is Travis from my <laughs> iPhone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I do have one question in closing about sure. the demos. Two demos. Mm-hmm. 2019, right? That, that's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Two mm-hmm. demos in one year. Or, or we, we finished the... The other one we didn't we didn't do them in December, yeah. did we? We did. Well, we put it out in December. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we did. So we recorded. Yeah, so we did record. We recorded at the end yeah. of the 2019. Yeah. So the first w- one was spring of last year, and then mm-hmm. we did. Yeah, because there's like three or four songs in yeah. each one. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. Um, you know, we've kind of. I. I. I've like pushed to call them something other than demos is that why the name yeah. I don't, it looks like the name of the first demo changed from i think it was demo or demo it's one at one point and now it's yeah i had it yeah. changed to the best yeah, made demo can you, t- can you tell us about that name <laughs> uh well it just came because of the illustration we had okay. for it mark drew up the uh the bat figure that we used for it with mm-hmm. our logo on it and I think we just wanted to name it. <laughs> yeah, the, the wings were behind the yep. the Baphomet, nice. so we just it was just came about when we were with, shitting around. Yeah, with with most things, it's kind of like we're joking around, and then that becomes the, what it is. The yeah. second demo is the uh, A side only. There's a B side. Oh, the second demo. Yeah, so if you it's yeah. So the second demo we accidentally when we made the label we made one label, so it says other programmer pizza on side B. <laughs> So but both, both sides have that. <laughs> so it's the side B demo. On side, whatever. So it's we forgot B-side. to make a label for the, the other side. It's the same side on for, both sides. Kind of cool. so, yeah. so we'll probably change it to this called the side B demo. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Perfect. So we were always talking about like what should we call it, and then, another, and then eventually we were just like, let's just call it a tape because like we don't know um, what kind of releases we're gonna have in the future if we're going to like we're. You know, approaching these challenges as we come, I mean, I would we would like to release something more, but I think we we called them demos because uh, it was the process, the feel, yeah, mm-hmm. the feeling, sort of the old mm-hmm. school tape tape demo sort yeah. of thing, and then it's like, well, if we're not gonna put out an album, if we just want to keep recording songs and put them out, you know, it's like, well, you know, because I, I, for me, it's like I felt like it's like sometimes demo is like, uh, uh, you you. It, there's kind of the connotation that it's like you're trying to be something else. It's like you're trying to. This is just the beginning. You're trying to you find know? yourself. It's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, and it's not. It. It's like, oh, this is not the. You know, this isn't like legitimate work. And it's like, well, no, mm-hmm. this is. You know, it's like exactly. we are. Right. It, we're putting these out as works. You know, um, not because we're trying to use them to get to somewhere mm-hmm. bigger. Yep. You know, it's like it's what like, I said earlier. Like. You know, this is kind of a flaw, but also a strength where it's like, as long as something's getting done, I'm happy. Yeah. Yep. You know. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we are supposed to record in May. Yeah. With Nick. So yeah. there'll be stuff coming out. Hopefully we'll do one or two songs with him. 
uh, a couple of the new ones. We're working on some others. I mean, we're always sticking around with songs. We're working on another one that we haven't played at all. So we're also yeah. always trying to figure out like, what about this song? Oh, I hate that song. Okay, well, what if we tried it this way? Oh, I don't think that would work. Yeah, what we if also we, didn't, you know, we also have a song that we liked half of that we need to rework. Yeah. Oh, is that the? Uh... <laughs> We'll get into it later, I guess. Okay. <laughs> it's song 47. Yes. Yeah. Dick's picks. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully May. A friend of mine during this will crank out another one or two songs, and Word. that'll get put out. And, and then that release will probably hopefully side come out D like demo. Yeah, the side D, both sides. <laughs> exactly. <It's> awesome. <laughs> yep. Very cool. Good. Yeah. Cool. Thank, Thank you. All right. Thank you, Thank guys. You. We Thank love you, you guys. Oh, shucks. You're too kind. <laughs> Looking forward to the 22nd for sure. Right yeah, on. it's been right a lot on. of fun. Me too. All right. Yeah. Oh, Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Of course. All right. Thanks Thank you very us. much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude uses the dude. restroom. Dude. Let's listen to some All wall right. text The keys to Alistair's mysteries.
We had a really funny conversation off the air this morning while we were like Facebook stalking you. <laughs> we couldn't Facebook stalk Travis though because he unfriended us. I did? Oh. Did I? Do? Burn. <laughs> no, I, no, I go through these weird. Okay, bear with me. Wait, you hear me out. 